0: Hey everybody, welcome to Limitless Radio Cast, episode 19. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Hey, our guest today is Jay Wadsworth. He's a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt under Julio Fernandez. He's an active BJJ competitor. He's won a ton of awards. He fought in MMA. He has 13 combined um, pro and amateur fights. He's a law enforcement professional. He's a competitive instructor. He's a C4C certified instructor. He's hanging out with us today. He's running to his truck right now, so he's talking to us as he's going, so we're just going to get into it
1: people from all walks of life right all poverty rich middle class doesn't matter and they, everyone goes in their maths, they're training getting along well there's no like politics in there like it's the best like atmosphere to like bring everybody together you know what i mean so i feel like you know everyone is so like tense about things and it's like i train with people from all walks of life you know what I mean? Doesn't right. Matter. Exactly. What, right. What their culture is, what, what their financial status is like the jujitsu gym, man. That's like where everyone just comes, chills, gets work done, uh, betters their life physically, mentally. And, uh, I think that's the, the big thing that people don't even think about with like jujitsu. <laughs> they, they think about, oh, it's, it's grappling and it's physical and it's a workout and yeah, but you know what? It's a place where one, people release stress can help their mental health, keep them healthy. But you get to meet and be around people you never would if if you didn't do jujitsu.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. Um Absolutely. And yeah, like I've told Chad this, and I mean, obviously I've told other guests like on the podcast about this same exact thing, Jay, what you're talking about is, no one, when you are in there and you're on the mats, no one cares like where you came from. They don't care about your financial status and all that stuff that you just stated all they They want you to be successful as they, as those others want me to be successful. You know, like that's the biggest thing I found right away. And it's hard to explain that to people that don't do it. You know, I've said this so many times, it's like, I don't get it. It's like grappling and this and sweating on each other. And, you know, and it's like, you have no idea what it's like, like, we have doctors and police officers and guys who don't do anything, or maybe a guy who plays video games all day, but he's really good at jujitsu and he comes and he's strong. And it's like, it's a different world, man. It's, it's unbelievable.
1: And I, I think it has so many benefits outside of what people just think and they're missing out. You know what I mean? It's, they're missing out. And I think it forces you to be uncomfortable. Like you're some dude smashing you, you know, like, some of my best friends, we try to choke each other unconscious. You know what I mean, like sure, some of the yeah. guys that are like my best <laughs> friends. We're trying to choke each other unconscious. You know what I mean, like that's what we do for fun. But again, it's keeping us uh, accountable for our physical skills, our health, but also, you know, for the police aspect of jujitsu. We're used to being uncomfortable, and. So then, we don't freak out. We make better decisions under stress because we're we're in those situations every day, right? Know, every exactly. Day. Yeah.
0: Is that it's what? One of those things. Is that really what pushed you to do jujitsu, Jay? What, yes. Like When you were younger, I mean, did you see like a full need for it? Because you've been in how long? You've been in law enforcement.
1: So uh, this year is my twentieth year.
0: Oh man, awesome! Thank you yeah, for your service so, too. Appreciate it, brother.
1: So. 20 years this year and, uh, you know, I watched UFC one. I, I was a huge WWF fan. Like when it was like real, like WWF stuff, <laughs> like Randy mean, Savage. Yes. The favorite. good stuff. And, you know, like, like all the documentaries
0: that are on TV right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like big John Studd. I mean, like yes. going way back, like those were the days, yes. you know? Good and, stuff. uh, so I loved it. And then, you know, UFC came and it was UFC one. We we're like, Hey, let's get the pay-per-view. And then we were like, "Man, this is way different, but it's awesome." And you got this 180-pound dude wearing pajamas, and he's choking everybody out. He he put a professional boxer and mount. The dude tapped out from the. It's not even a submission. That dude right. tapped out from the mount. <laughs> it's, it's, you guys remember that?
0: Mounted just from being mounted.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Mount Mount Crusher. He only had one. He only had, had, had
2: one glove on, though. He only had one glove on. He didn't know what to do. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like it was so eye-opening for everyone. And so like we used to like mess around. We didn't know jujitsu. Like where I'm from uh in New York isn't like New York City. It's it's just south of Buffalo. Even when oh, I started okay, even when I started jujitsu, like there was no jujitsu like to do here. So like we would like go do seminars. And then we come back and we train like four or five of my buddies. We just like wrestle with each other and do jujitsu and learn some stuff. And come back and train. Then we go to the next seminar we could find. We literally taught ourselves jujitsu. Like for the first eight years, we I never, I've never actually trained like directly in my gym under a legit black belt. uh, Besides the guys I started training with, that we like pretty much taught ourselves, you know? So like I tell sure. all the guys now in our gym, I'm like you guys have such a huge benefit because we didn't have black belts to learn from. Like we had to travel. You guys have black belts every day on the mat. You know what I mean? Like right, I think our, yeah. gym, our gym now has seven or eight black belts. Nice. One of them's a female. And, uh, so you Know it was like four or five of us, and we were, we would just we didn't put a gi on for years, we just did like no gi, uh, MMA type grappling, and we would go to seminars, uh, watch whatever videos you could back then, which wasn't a ton. And, uh, you know, so for us, it was just like a learning experience and, and teaching ourselves, and it took a long time because we weren't under, you know, say a Carlson Gracie or. Um, like my, my buddy, Tim, uh, Cruder, he, he's like, he went to a couple of schools and then he ended up finding Rodrigo and those guys. And he's like, it was just, you go in there and they just mop the floor with you. You know what sure. I mean? So now you're learning under legit dudes that came from Brazil. We, we didn't have that. I'm almost in my truck. So this noise will go away.
0: No worries. You're good.
1: It's I was right. trying to get there, uh, before eight, but obviously that fell a little bit behind.
0: <laughs> Sorry, brother. You know? no so, worries. Like, You're running a few miles. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. You have too much good content. Like I can't cut this out. Like it's legit.
1: Yeah. Everybody, you know, everyone's like you, you guys basically taught yourselves jujitsu. That's crazy. You know, and, like we didn't teach ourselves as per se. Like, Hey, we learned this move or we learned that move. Like we would go to seminars and then come back and train. And then eventually like, uh, found found a brown belt to train under out in Erie. So I was driving. Yeah, pick up on my truck now.
0: Yeah, there you go, brother. We got you.
1: All right. all right. So yeah, it was crazy because I drive to Erie, which is about an hour. Downtown Buffalo is about an hour and ten minutes for me. You know, so We'd make it, like, once a week because we were working, had lives still on top of that. Sure. And uh, so that's what we were doing, is just training. And I really didn't get into training jiu-jitsu and MMA, honestly, until, like, my first year, second year on the job.
0: Oh, wow. And then I was, okay. like, so, like,
1: 2002, 2003, I started dabbling around with, like, my friends nothing official and just kind of like learning and it really gets serious to like around 2005 2006 where really I put in work like every day and uh I started putting in work because because of work I was like I'm athletic you know I, I played collegiately uh soccer in college and I was like I'm I'll be fine I, I work out and I'm not a huge statured guy like Normal. Normally, I walk around probably like 170. Like, right now, I'm really light, like 62, 63. Um, my wife's making me do some E2M workout thing with her. And I have to cheat all the time. So, like, I cheat, like, when she's not around me because otherwise I'm losing too much weight. <laughs> <laughs> so, hopefully, she won't listen to the podcast because, like, it's like intermittent fasting. So, we're intermittent fast noon to eight or i mean eight at night till noon till noon yeah and eat in that eight hour window but i can only eat certain things and it's good but dude i lost like 11 pounds in the first four days i gotta work out too much and have like too much energy to like
0: and that's the thing man because i'm always seeing like you're always doing something on your instagram like if you're not shooting like practicing shooting like you're teaching somebody or you're teaching in a seminar i'm like man jay is on the move all the time like he's always doing something <laughs> so yeah man well, if you're intermediate fasting, like
1: hey <laughs> yeah chad's like hey can you do on the 14th of may and i'm like ah oh, i'd love to but i'm gonna be on an airplane because i'm going to vegas for the weekend you know oh
0: and then yeah. he's like
1: what about the following week and i'm like yeah i'll do the following week because i will be home so it worked out perfect good yeah no so, but yeah I, my schedule's crazy you know i have a Full-time police job uh, where I, I work still have to work for, full-time. Sure, uh, yeah. They tell me I'm part-time yeah. there because I take a lot of time off. But uh, um, I earn the time <laughs> off and I use That's it. Scary. And then I That's work scary. for yeah. the state as well. I'm uh, an instructor for the state. I, I wrote the curriculum for DCGS for New York State for their defensive tactics uh, minimum program for their zone academies and defensive tactics instructor schools so i teach those for the state and then i i am an adjunct senior instructor for a company called progressive force concepts out of las vegas um so i do a lot of stuff with them and then trying to get to the gym and teach it our kinetics so like you know for me that kind of i can't really keep a a schedule there to be like, hey, I can teach every Monday, Wednesday, Friday night. Sure. I travel too much. Sure, yeah. So whenever I pop in and train, I, I train like in the mornings, I'll train like on my days off, uh, weird times. And it's kind of like now I'm not doing a lot of classes at Kinetics unless I'm home and I can because I, I'm not consistently working the same schedule. Uh, so I just, New York was really stupid, like section six with wrestling. So the rest of the state wrestled February through March and our section decided to postpone it till May. So we're wrestling now through the middle of June. Oh, so wow. wow! every day I'm at wrestling practice from four to six. Wow. I'm the assistant coach for the high school. Nice. <clears throat> so I'm getting my, my training in there. I'll, I'll go in and one of the other coaches works with me spot team uh, as well. Uh, very good wrestler. His son's down there. He's one of the coaches. So him and I will wrestle with each other or do jujitsu before or after practice to get our, our rolling in for the day. Nice. So I just find time, like no matter where it's at, you know, people are always like, hey, I got I got three kids and I work a full-time job, you know, so like I, I don't got time to train. Well, I got a wife, I got four kids, and like three jobs. So like, it's your priorities. <laughs> right. how, how do you get your priorities yeah, to you right. jujitsu? Find priorities. Right, and you can right? do like, it. Yeah, find you can, be on your yeah. phone. You find an, hour. an
2: hour left. Yeah, yeah. Find an hour. You can find an hour somewhere.
1: Yeah, look at your phone. Every phone now has screen time, right? Take an hour <laughs> off of that every yes. day, mm-hmm. and, and go
0: train. One hundred percent. You
1: know, yeah. or if you watch TV, you watch TV. How? Fine. Then how about two days a week you don't watch TV at night and you go train for an hour. Because let's let's be realistic. Unless you're a super high level competitor or like living the jujitsu lifestyle, the average jujitsu person trains what two to three times a week. So if you're doing two days a week and you do an hour class twice a week, you're way ahead of what the normal person is.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And if you can't find two hours a week, then your priorities are just upside down.
0: Right. That's a good point, too, man. Look at your screen time, especially nowadays. You know, everyone's living in the screen. <laughs> I mean, people, yeah. people live in the screen. They don't pay attention or whatever. Like, you just got to push aside that kind of stuff and make the sacrifices to do what you need to do to better yourself. And you, and it's an excuse. I mean, at the end of the day, we've talked about it before, Chad and I, you know, people want, they want the glory, but they don't want to put the work in, you know.
1: Yep. Yeah. And we talk about that a lot for, for police officers, too. Uh, a lot of them is it's not finding time, it's the ego. They don't want to realize, they don't want to realize how bad they are. True. Sure. They're going to be bad when they start. We all were bad. We were all bad when we started, right? Like, none of us who came out and walked on the mat were like natural, like phenoms. If we want to get someone that trained, they, they'd wipe us no matter what, you know? But sure. like, my friend, a good buddy of mine, and he's an amazing jiu jitsu practitioner. And uh, like, I roll with him and I feel helpless, right? And, like, not many people make me feel helpless. Like, I feel like I have a fighting chance against most guys I roll with. This dude makes me feel helpless. And I, don't, I feel like he's not even trying. His name is Matt Secor. And uh, he's an EBI vet, tough vet. Um, he, he became part-time cop, so he just came through DT school. I spent two weeks with him. But he said something to me a couple of weeks ago that really, like... I was like, this is a really good way to put it. And uh, he goes, being a good jujitsu, competent jujitsu guy, say like high-level blue belt or higher, is the closest thing you'll ever get to a real-life superhero. He's like, you you could kill 99.8% of the world with your bare hands. People don't even know it because you're so controlled. Outside, because that's what jujitsu does. It, sure. it teaches you how to completely take a person out. But how many people that are doing jujitsu are actually going out and hurting people? Very, very little. We never, you never hear of it. Why? Because right, you have nothing uh-huh. to prove outside. Right. Right. Like, hey, I train in the gym. Some dude's trying to fight me in the bar. Uh, that dude's going to get smoked. You know what I mean? Like, it's sure. not even worth my time. It's not okay, dude. You're tougher than me. I get it. You know.
0: Right, and you just yeah, you walk away like it changes. Now I'm older, I'm in my forties, so you're right, Jay. Like it's funny when you when I sit and think about, it, I was like, yeah, even now it's like, yeah, I'm not, it's not worth it. Like just just move on. Like yeah, good, you're tough, dude. It's cool. Like you know, and I find that very quickly as um, in jujitsu there, like at East Coast everyone there is the same way. It's the same mindset. And, you know, people get weeded out. I mean, Chad and I asked the same question, you know, is jujitsu for everybody, you know, and, and Chad has given, given great, you know, definition of that. And we always ask everybody that, like, what would be your thought? Do you think Jay, that like jujitsu is for everybody?
1: I don't think it's for everybody. Uh, I think it could be good for the majority of people. But again, as a, Society as a whole, there are going to be people in society that jujitsu is not going to work for. It's just not going to be. But one, uh, they mentally don't have it in them to be, or two, they're they're just um, maybe they have bad bad implications of what they want to do to somebody. Like those people get weeded out in the gym, though. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. they're they're going to get weeded out in the gym. Like, like you don't let those people there and. So my gym is owned by a, a state police officer, and uh, he actually got his black belt one year before me.
0: Oh wow! So he's oh that's awesome, man. So he owns the he owns the gym. So it's he owns Kinetic. Yep. That's very cool. Okay.
1: So we had two different gyms. I had Jamestown MMA, and he had Kinetic. And then the area we're in, we're like, dude, we're just drawing from each other. You know what I mean? Like we're not in our area. When we merged over a decade ago, we're like, this area is too small to be taking all the good guys and all the talent and separating it into two different places. Sure. So, so, so we ended up merging. We merged Jamestown MMA, MMA into Kinetics. So, uh, Josh is the owner of Kinetics and uh, he's a black belt. Um, he played for the Bills back in the day. He's a freak. Oh. <laughs> um, but, you know, we merged and it's like, was one of the best things we did. It was crazy. But we we are very top friendly gym obviously, and we give everybody one chance. Right. So there'll be people that'll be like, hey, Wander if I'm to come down the gym and start training with you. You know, that I, I'm dealing with them on the road, I'm dealing with them on the street. And I'll be like, all right, dude, it'd be good for you. Come down and train. You know, maybe maybe get on the right path. We give everybody one chance. You know, and so, some guys are taking us up and stay. Some guys come and their attitude's not there, and it, it weeds themselves out. Sure, right? Yeah. It'll weed the, that weeds themselves out. And sometimes they'll, it'll be a conversation like, "We need to weed this dude out." Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, and then there's other guys be like, "Hey, we need to put work into this dude and get him uh, on the right path because he, he's got he's got things that." we can help him to get out of the path he was on. We can put him on a different path.
0: Sure. Yeah. And, and
1: when we talk about jujitsu and we talk about paths and routes and, uh, like say passing sequences or, uh, sweeping sequences and attacks and all that kind of stuff. Like, um, we can do that. We can help people get better because again, jujitsu is good for your mental health. It gives you a place to release your stress. And you don't think about what you're stressing at when you're in your jiu jitsu room. Like, you don't think about it. At least I don't. Most people I talk to, mm-hmm. once you're on the mat, like, you, everything is like gone. Yeah. Whether it's for an hour yeah. or whatever it is. And
0: yeah, it's, it's good all for gone,
1: people. For yeah, sure. that Nothing's ever 100%. And, and we talk about this and talk about this in moves. We talk about this. Uh, and whether it's gunfights or combat is or in life overall or jujitsu movies, you'll be like, here's a kimura. This setup is golden. It's not going to work 100% of the time. There's a fail point of everything, just like is jujitsu for everyone. Jujitsu is for a lot of people, but mm-hmm. there are going to be people where it just it doesn't fit. There's not a fit there. Or maybe the gym's not a fit, or maybe uh, it's just not going to work out. You know, but I think the majority of people can benefit from it. And again, nothing's one hundred percent though, and I, I don't care what it is. Any aspect we get to, sure, yeah, absolutely.
2: And the confidence that it gives, just you know, normal people in jujitsu. I can't imagine the confidence it gives you in your line of work. It's right. Huge. I mean, it's, it's got to be. It's got to.
1: Yeah. It's huge, and, and the thing with the confidence is. It's not, even, I mean, the confidence is good. You've got to have confidence. I think confidence is like mm-hmm. number, like top three that Jujitsu does for police gives you confidence, but it's also the skills that it gives you. And most important, I think is how it makes you uncomfortable and you've been there before. You're not freaking out right now. Imagine you're in side control and bottom and someone's shoulder pressure and smashing your face in, right? Mm-hmm. but now your gun belt on. So now they could be getting to your gun or you can't get up and you're getting beat up and you got every fight that a cop is in has multiple weapons in it. And those cops bring those weapons to that fight. We don't know what the bad guy's got on. I'm the suspect. He might have sure. weapons too. Exactly. Yeah. So now, so now if I'm freaking out because I'm on my back and I'm like a fish out of water or, um, you know, I'm an alligator and I pull that, that tiger into the water and I'm out of my element. Uh, you're freaking out. Your your decision-making process, your critical decision-making process under stress is not good. And now we're putting ourselves in that situation and we have zero critical decision-making skills because of it. So I say jujitsu and tactics together are huge for police. And I'm not just saying you can't, you just take like a, a black belt that doesn't put a gun belt on and then work tactics. Yeah, the jujitsu is going to help them in, in certain aspects. But you have to merge the two together. You have to take the jujitsu and the tactics together for, for the law enforcement or the self-defense uh, type of things. But overall, the jujitsu is going to give you all the skills you need for your hands-on stuff. And then you have to add in uh, so, some different pathways for the weapons stuff.
0: Jay, when and you started – like, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jay. You're good. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was going to ask you when. So when you started training or doing seminars and teaching classes and whatnot, did you require everyone to um, have a belt on, or to see, or uh, obviously you demoed that when you're doing it, but just you know to get them comfortable. Like, do you have them wear a belt at the same time, like gear or anything like that on them, so they know what it's like to be in the field and have that kind of stuff on when you're doing so- jujitsu?
1: So I use the the phrase: "If we're not evolving, we're falling behind a lot. Mm-hmm. If we're not evolving, we're falling behind." When I first started as a purple belt, really teaching like jujitsu for police, I was doing it slick, which means just like in the jujitsu gym, no gi style attire, uh, no shoes, no weapons. We were just working like things that would work for sweeps and control and stuff, and. And as we would see things develop and things occur, we're like, okay, let's train more in our equipment. Because if we're not training our equipment, we're not going to see the failure of certain things with equipment or certain opportunities and awareness for the suspect while we're fighting. So say now we're doing jujitsu and we add punches in, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of jujitsu schools don't add punches in. So like say once a month or twice a month, hey, we're going to do jujitsu. Everyone brings their MMA gloves. Now, once we hit the ground, you can start punching. You know, and it's just control, 10% to the face, 30% to the body, just touch, make them, make them count, but let the guy know in a self-defense situation, this is where he's got to uh, just tweak his jujitsu a little bit. He's got to make it more of a self-defense jujitsu for striking. So now let's do that, and then now let's add in gun belts. Mm, right? Okay. Because <laughs> now we can be held down we can be punched and they can try to get to our weapons or what weapons can we get to and not only like what can they get to and what can we get to is a lot of time is when is the right time for us to take our our weapons out if you and i are grappling and i'm on my back and you're in cycle i'm that's probably not a real good time for me to try to take a weapon out because it's probably going to be more yours than mine you know so we talk about talk about the clinch we talk about fighting in that clinch and then when is the right time to expose our weapon or present our weapon and then we have to be aware of if they're trying to do that and if we can create space and get to ours if we can't create space we're in a confined space what what are our options because that's going to be different than being in the open what if we're in a congested space with a lot of uh, civilians or witnesses so those are the three different uh, kind of conditions like open space confined space congested space we have to train in all those and we start out training slick doing skill building and then we start adding in punches and then we start adding in our gear and our equipment because once you train with your gear and your equipment I guarantee stuff you have on your person is going to fail how you have a setup you want to change it or it's just bad for you um, it, it's not in the right place uh, I do gear inspections now and I go through uh, day two of all my courses um, for the state and some of the PFC, C4C courses, we do it day one right in the beginning. Like, hey, this is your equipment setups. All right, this is how we do ours. This is what we have. We would suggest this, this, and this. We've seen this fail, this fail, this fail. Uh, this is good holsters. These aren't good holsters. How do we know? Because, one, we see it in the field because we're still working in the field. Sure. Two, we train it that way all the time, and we know what's going to work and what doesn't work. We know what equipment fails and what doesn't fail. We know what breaks, what doesn't break. Um, for instance, dangling keys on your gun side. I see it all the time. And multiple times during training, we've seen keys get stuck in the hood, and then they can't get their gun out because can't put the hood down. Right? So if you don't train with uh, your keys there, then you would never know you
0: that. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> right? But now we're training, and I go to expose. Yeah. I present a knife, and they go to go to their gun, and they can't get their... gun out now right now that's an issue so you know we talk about one you shouldn't have keys on you because um just dangling because if you start running or chasing or you're clearing a building it's loud and it's like changing your pocket they can hear you coming they know you've given away where you're at uh two is those dangling keys can also get into other equipment and not allow you to be able to present it uh so that's what i mean by that's the difference of training slick and training in your gear is you find what's efficient and what's not efficient or what completely fails.
0: Sure. And you have so much time in doing this. And obviously you studied it and you train in it and it's like, it's training someone to be situational awareness. Like oh, understand, number one. Yeah, understand what's going on, what's going to work. Do you guys, do you put uh, officers in those positions? Like go ahead and wear the equipment the way you want to wear it. And let me show you how it's not going to be good.
1: <laughs> I don't even have to tell them to wear the equipment, how they shouldn't wear it. I do my gear inspection of them and give them my, my I wouldn't say expertise. I give them my opinion
2: mm, okay. of what
1: I see works and what, what doesn't work and uh, some options they should change to. And you know what most of them do? They don't listen to me, and that's fine. I urge them not to. We urge them not to listen to us when we teach. <laughs> don't believe us. Don't believe us. Now sure. Now let's go pressure to test it.
0: And put them in those situations. See, see if right. your way
1: works. See if sure. your gear works. Right. And in a high percentage of the time, if not uh, an overwhelming majority of the time, you know what they find out? Should have changed it after he told me. You know, the big thing with, <laughs> yeah. with like, say, like, self-defense, like, let's talk about concealed carry, just civilians. Talk about police officers and they all got guns, right? So, your concealed carry civilians that don't train, or your range instructors that are cops that don't train because I have a weapon, I've got a gun, I don't need DT. That's a first and foremost, that's the, the most ridiculous response I've ever heard because if you talk. Most of our use of force aren't even a lethal force encounter. So, we're not pulling our gun on everybody, right? So, like, you're going hands-on. An overwhelming majority, most cops in their entire career will never shoot somebody, never. But they'll go hands-on on on a weekly basis. Hmm. So people want to say, like, police officers are overwhelmingly weapon and and gun happy. And I'll tell you right now, that is 100% false narrative. And here's what I tell people. I ask my classes, and I got this from Chad Lyman, I ask my classes now a bunch of questions. Who in here, raise your hand if you have used pepper spray three times in your career. Raise your hand if you've tased three people in your career. Raise your hand if you've shot three people or more in your career. The overwhelming majority is, Nobody raises their hands in any of those raise your hand. If you've gone hands on more than 10 times in your career, everybody raises their hand. Okay. Everybody raises their hand. So for people that say that we're a weapons based profession is complete crap. We are a hands on profession. We go hands on all the time. Okay. So to not train that or to say, I don't need to train that because I'm a gun guy. Is a complete false ego uh, thought process that is ridiculous to, to the farthest of right and left field you can get. People have to understand that I take guys that are in my courses and I, they'll be like, oh, I'm a range instructor. I've been a range instructor for this many years. And I'll be like, okay, I don't need a DT. I have a gun. And then we put them in drills. We put them in drills with cert guns, with simmunition guns, with with the uh, blue guns. And you know what happens to those guys? They can't get their gun out. Their gun comes out when I want it to because it's going to be my gun. Or they try to get it out at the wrong time and then it's my gun. Or they can't get it out and I could just beat them to a pulp if I wanted to. Sure. Right? Then that's eye opening to them. Then that's eye opening to them. You know, there's a lot of things that you can train. It's not just, Jujitsu for police. It should be jujitsu and tactics. And the way I say that is because movement, lateral movement, uh, backing up, moving forward, in and out of the clinch—all that stuff is trained. Like your body has a fight or flight response.
0: Sure. And yeah. what
1: we see when we do training, reality-based training, or breaking down live videos is we will see fight response if someone is moving forward. Flight response is always backwards and backwards is not necessarily wrong. Initially moving backwards initially is the pro is it creates space. Okay. Moving backwards consistently without getting offline laterally or driving down your balance is compromised. You don't know what's behind you. You run into a corner, you fall down. Uh, the person moving violently with momentum forward is, is going to be faster than you backward. Uh, so eventually going backwards you need to change that untrained response is usually backwards and continues to go backwards or backwards stops trained response would be the initial one or two steps is backwards and then i'm flanking right left or i'm driving back down and, and getting into that fight fight elsewhere that third response that we see is fight flight or freeze and what i mean by that is they just freeze they freeze they don't they flinch, they tense up, and they don't move, and that's like the worst one because uh, sure. now they're getting injured.
0: Sure, and, yeah,
1: you know, it's crazy. It's crazy. You could watch. You could watch all the knife attacks on police officers. You could watch people coming forward at police officers like getting shot, and you know, the one that went viral lately was an older sheriff deputy. He did the same thing I talked about. He went backwards, backwards, backwards. The other guy was older, but a little bit tall was beating him with a stick. Do you guys remember this video?
0: I did not oh, see I this. No.
1: That one. So there's 12 shots fired. Wow. So that guy's coming forward through 10 shots. The guy's shot 10 times and still coming wow. forward. That's why people don't understand. Like it's not one, one shot. It's not two shots. It's not, Hey, I'm shooting to eliminate the threat. Uh, you know, we talk about with the company I work for a lot about use of force and, and articulation and training. And we talk about we are shooting to eliminate the person is what people want to say, or I'm shooting, uh, double tap to the chest. Like, um, I'm shooting him until he's dead or I'm shooting him until the threat Mm -hmm. is stopped. No, we are engaging in lethal force to stop lethal force, to us or somebody else until that person changes his behavior of that. So if he's, you're coming at me with a knife and I'm engaging with lethal force, I'm going to engage lethal force until your behavior changes of not coming at me with that knife or another civilian. Maybe I start to engage, you drop the knife and your hands are up. You have changed your behavior at that point. That's when I can change my uh, de-escalation, start moving down getting into a better position, checking myself, going through after action stuff. We talk about shooting targets as we're not saying double tapping. We're not, we have standard defense responses. Okay. We are shooting standard defense responses to whatever that action is. That's causing us to go to lethal force. We're shooting a standard defense response until the suspect's behavior changes. And And that's what, that's when we stop right is when his behavior changes or or um the the threat itself has gone down and then the behaviors has changed or stopped anyway so that's important for people to understand and, and and they don't understand it at first until you actually show them and go through it and uh it it's eye-opening to most people and the articulation of that is actually good for society it's good for courtroom testimony it's hey this is a standard defense responses that we're engaging. I'm engaging standard defense rounds uh, until the bad guy changes his, his, his behavior. And maybe it's not always a bad guy. Maybe it's a mental health person that's got a knife and he's charging me, right? He may not be a bad person, but he's going to kill me or somebody else. His behavior is, mm-hmm. is uh, in a lethal force situation. You know, so we're, we're going to engage that guy with a standard defense response until his behavior changes. Not, not, we don't want to kill the guy. We don't want to kill anybody.
0: Sure, um, right.
1: we, we want their behavior to change, to not be uh, a lethal force threatening to somebody else, us or a, a third party. You know. So I think yeah. when we add jujitsu with those types of tactics, you, you see those critical decision-making under stress and pressure becomes much better because you have that time or you, you put yourself in good position or you can control yourself, you can control the bad guy, rather than you take a cop that doesn't train jujitsu and doesn't have good tactics and you take a bad guy that doesn't train and you have them fight. Now, now we have a shit show fighting in the middle of the street and they both suck at fighting, but now there's weapons mm. involved. Yeah. So it's like, you know, <laughs> that that's, that's, that's these videos we see, you know?
0: Exactly. Right. Yeah, you're hundred percent right. I was going to ask you, Jay, did your, so you did more tactical training, obviously after you started jujitsu, did the jujitsu help you in that tactical type training with shooting and being able to keep calm, keep focused? Um, it, cause jujitsu, at least in my time of doing jujitsu, that's, uh, something that I've seen at least from rolling, you know, because it's pressure, it's pain, it's whatever's coming at you. And I have, um, you know, there's time Chad and I were just talking about it. It's like, that's something I still need to work on. Obviously uh, slowing down, not going so fast, understanding that I'm good enough to be able to handle someone that's going super fast or pushing the pressure, or maybe they're stronger than I am. When you did jujitsu, cause obviously that was first before you started, you know, getting into tactical side. I was always curious, like, does that help you shoot better? I, you know, I, like I said before, I, I watch you do videos, on Instagram and I'm like, man, like Jay's always practicing and I can see just how you pull out and you know, how you're releasing the gun and how you're shooting and how, and I understand I've done three gun competitions before I've shot a lot of times in my life. And I always, I haven't done that since I started jujitsu. So I'm always like, ah, oh, man, does that help? <laughs> Did it help?
1: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and with was shooting too. You have to have your fundamentals, just like in jujitsu, but sure. once you have your fundamentals, now you have to look at what are my gunfighting skills going to be here? I'm not standing shooting paper that's not moving or not yeah, attacking so, me back.
0: so much right?
1: different. So, yeah. yeah, so much different. So now, what does jiu-jitsu do to help you with that? One, jiu-jitsu makes you mentally strong. Because when you first go into a jiu-jitsu room, everything's super fast, crazy, and you're like getting crushed, right? So you're mentally building how to be stronger. You're mentally building how to slow things down but be able to do it at speed. It's just the game slows down for you. What goes into that? Breathing. My breathing slows down. I'm calmer. Okay. All that stuff goes into when you're, when you're on gun and on trigger and that helps with jujitsu as well. So I think both uh, your jujitsu and your tactics stuff together is, is phenomenal because what they do is they both build mindsets that are like, uh, used to being uncomfortable and it slows the game down for you. So again, you're going to make better critical decisions under stress because you might not be as stressed. You've been there before. Sure. Right. It, the, the level of stress is going to be low. Yeah. You, everybody gets stressed. Everybody has fear. That's fine. How How do you, how I do you, it. how do you tunnel that fear uh, or steer that fear into, um, making yourself be able to control that it i i talk about it like the first white belt your first five six classes that you roll live in you're a frenzy dude right you're flopping around <laughs> freaking out spazzing right? can out you imagine <laughs> can you imagine now in a real life altering event uh, in the street uh with weapons how are you going to react
0: <laughs> oh, worse yeah. It's, it's right? got to be way worse, worse. than that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Way it's got to be way worse.
1: There's no referee. There's no gin. There's no tap. There's right. So now we use jujitsu. It, it makes us calm. It puts us, we are, com- we are comfortable at being violent. We are comfortable at choking people. We are comfortable at putting our partners in positions where we could hurt them, but we don't. Especially sure. in the gym, right? Like, how many times, Chad, have you choked somebody? Yeah. How a many few. times have you choked someone? A few. Hundreds. <laughs> yeah. a he,
2: said, he said a few.
1: <laughs> how many times did you injure a person by choking them?
2: Zero. Zero. <laughs> Zero.
1: Zero. <laughs> Why? Because you are in control of your body. Yeah. So now we are in control of our mind, our breathing and our body all at the same time yeah that's what jujitsu does for you
2: absolutely and and, you know all those things you said it it also we're comfortable being uncomfortable too in those spots that we've talked about i think that's one of the biggest things it's like i've got this 250 pound dude on top of me or in side control but i'm gonna chill i can get out of this type thing you know
1: I've been there many times before. <laughs> yeah. The first time this happens isn't on the street where I have a gun belt or the guy's trying to kill me.
2: Yeah. Sure. Right. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. Imagine the reaction in that fight, flight, or freeze, or just freaking out. And yeah. then, you know, we, we talk about hundred second rule for suspect. If we're fighting with a suspect and he's resisting and he's assaultive, that dude's maybe got a hundred seconds. Before he's completely exhausted. If he doesn't train to fight, 100 seconds, the dude's done. Yeah. Right? So I'm going to control the guy for 100 seconds and then work to take him into custody. Yep. You know, why am I going to be trying to fight for his arms right away unless he exposes them? I'm going to be just controlling that dude, you know? And then once I'm done controlling that dude uh, or that 100 seconds is gone, getting his hands behind his back and stuff easy because the dude's exhausted. He probably mentally gave up at that point. Because, you know, we always talk about it after an injury, coming back from not competing for a while, and we're going to competition class, and we've only been doing, like, regular classes and not pushing ourselves super hard cardio-wise. Cardio makes a coward out of anybody. Mm -hmm. You, You could be the most trained dude in the world, right? And then you take a year off because you had an injury and you have no cardio. And then you go against a guy that's pretty good. You beat him normally, you crush him normally. But now you're cardio, and that dude's an Energizer bunny over there. Yeah. That cardio is going to make a coward out of that dude. Because yeah. once you're done, you're done. So now, <laughs> we've all been there. What's Jiu-Jitsu do with us? Now we're like, okay, I got nothing left, but I know I got to still work through my fundamentals, my progressions, and stay calm here. I'm exhausted. Yeah. But who on the street is going to have better cardio in a fight, situation than guys that train on a weekly basis sure nobody yeah nobody they they might have super superhuman strength right they might have superhuman strength but what happens when the cardio goes
2: yeah it's gone gone.
1: everything's gone
0: yeah yeah Yeah, the strength only lasts so long you
1: know that lactic acid builds up and then they're done muscle fatigue sets in so we talk about that 100 second rule so for us is jujitsu again now that hundred second rule is important to us because Jujitsu gives us the ability to. How how long do you guys roll before you're completely exhausted? So five, six, seven rounds before you're like, "Oh, <clears throat> I don't know," right? Like, sure, a normal yeah. human being can't even make it through a three minute round.
0: No, I, yeah, I was going to say. Yeah,
1: the average human being can't make it through a three minute round. Right, they come in off the street, wipe out. That dude's exhausted. And after one round, he's sitting on his side, like dizzy, trying to throw up after three minutes.
0: (laughs) Sure. Yeah.
1: That was me the other night. (laughs) You do jujitsu. You you do do jujitsu. And then you're in shape, not just muscle fatigue shape, cardio shape, mental shape. Sure. Okay. You add all those together and you're setting yourself up for success, not failure.
2: Yeah. That's what absolutely. That's absolutely it. Yeah. We used to, we haven't done it for a long time. Maybe I'll bring it back, but every now and again, we would do 10 minute matches just to show people how that changes your jujitsu, right? You might be good for four or five, six minutes, but man roll 10 minutes and see how your game changes.
1: It is a look at, look at the EBI system. Okay. Yeah. Eddie's, Eddie's guys are phenomenal in that system. You know why? They don't kill themselves in that first 10 minutes. They save themselves for overtime They're so, They're so good in that rule set, right? They run a different pace. They run a different pace because that might be their game plan. Hey, I'm going to catch them if it's there. But if it's not there, I'm not going to kill myself because I'm going to be in better uh, cardio shape for overtime. I'm going to be able to explode in overtime.
0: Gordon Ryan's 30-minute fight to win. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Wait a minute. Crazy. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> My buddy Corey Brown down in Florida, he owns Black Tie, trains a lot with Wagner. He's one of Wagner's uh, really good training partners. Nice. Um, and uh, every Saturday, they do 10 10 minute rounds. So that's that's their their. Wow. 10 10 minute rounds. Now, now all guys don't do 10 minutes. Some sure. guys will do two, right. three, sit out, one, come back in. But, you know, he's doing 10 10 minute rounds. Like those yeah. guys are finding. It's a different kind of cardio, and, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because I train 3, 5, and 10. Okay. I, I will train 3, 5, and 10, and the reason I do that, each week I try to get 3-minute rolls in, 5-minute rolls in, and 10-minute rolls in on different days. When I do 5-minute rolls, I'm running that fast, but I got to have a little bit of throttle control. 5 minutes mm. is a long time if you're running balls to the wall. Sure. Mm, yeah. Three, three minutes, I get better cardio and I build better cardio when I do three minute rounds because I don't yeah. rest. I don't yeah. like try to find resting spots. I push myself for you three minutes. Keep, like, I, yeah. run a, I run a fast pace. Now I'll go 10 minute rounds. You'll be like, oh, tens are crazy. Yeah, but you learn to pace yourself, find places to rest. You're not like going balls to the wall for 10 minutes. Sure. Very few people can do that. There are maybe a couple guys right now that can run 10 minutes at a very, very high pace. High pace Most yeah. guys are running a good pace, a good steady pace, but it's not a three minute pace, It's not a five minute pace. So training for me, when I'm training for competitions or I'm training overall is I'll switch it up. I'll do three, fives, tens. When we do a lot of time rolls at police trainings, and that's a culture we started to change back in 2016 is we don't take lunch. We eat jujitsu for lunch. Oh,
0: okay. So now we
1: train for eight, eight 12 nice. hours. At lunch to tell people to bring bring their lunch. We train for 45 minutes and then we eat for 15. So we train and, and we'll change those rounds up. Three minutes one day, five minutes one day, ten minutes the next day. You know, um, depending That's on amazing. how many people are training and whatnot. But I feel like all rounds timing have different benefits to your, your cardiovascular your muscle fatigue in your mindset and uh 10 is what i found for me well and for, for guys that i train with um and uh i actually wanted to start talking to more people about it and see what they do like competition guys and training for like their role times you know
2: mm-hmm.
0: you're probably on a good That's pace awesome. doing that jay i mean honestly because you're building yourself up you're also building your um Your VO two is building up too. So when your VO two builds up like that, you're not, some people try to build it up right away. Instead of it's like running. It's the same thing is like, Hey, I'm going to go run a marathon. Well, you're not going to go run a marathon tomorrow. Um, I guarantee it. Right. Right. Cause I've ran them. (laughs) <laughs> so you're going to have to build up. You know you're going to have to build up, and you're going to want to build up your um your box and make sure that your your lungs can take it and your muscle and you have to learn where lact the lactic acid is going to build up and what point that's going to be. So by going yeah. you know like in those time frames, you're going to learn. Oh, okay, I need to do this a little bit different or a little bit more, and then my because lactic acid, as you were stating earlier, it it builds up and. Obviously someone who's stronger, it will build up faster unless they learn how to chill, relax, and not let it build up. It's like going and bench pressing for an hour and it's like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. but then again, I'm not 20 years old anymore, so maybe those <laughs> guys want to still do that, but it's all good. Like I ain't doing that, but, uh, you're right. I mean, like if you stay on that same pace and, and that's where you've worked it to do those rounds, to build those up, you're going to be fine because you're going to build up those, at least for me from, and that's kind of what I've always done with running. I've ran for, uh, I cut back a lot over the last year, but I ran a solid 10 years, um, from everything from, I started out five K's just starting out three miles, man. And just kept working up and working up and figuring out where I was and kept track of, you know, my heart rate and all that kind of good stuff. So, you know, it was like, yeah, at first it was like, Oh man, you're blown out. You're trying to run too fast. You're trying to run too hard Man, you're running, you're running too fast of a mile. You know what I mean? So now it's like, even in jujitsu and Chad and I just had that conversation. I need to learn that with jujitsu because I'm still very new and very young in jujitsu. I'm very green. I'm a greenhorn. I get beat up a lot, <laughs> <laughs> which is it's fine. Totally. Totally. Okay. <laughs> I still like it. That's
1: still, what, makes, that what makes you mentally start to get comfortable though, is you work through those problems. So I feel like jujitsu, uh, PFC, the company I work for in Vegas, stress problem solvers. We got to be problem solvers, right? We have to be able to solve problems. Not everything is going to, or each situation or each role is going to be the same. How many times you've been in a role chat and you're like, Oh man, I, uh, I don't know if I've ever been in this position. Now I got to figure out how to solve it. (laughs) Absolutely. Right. Like,
2: yeah.
1: And now you got to fight through this position or like, man, I haven't been in this in a long time. I can't remember. I got to, I got to solve this problem. What, what can I do to solve this problem? I got to, solve this problem while I'm doing it. You know, I gotta be able to solve the problem and, and yeah. being able to do yeah. that as a human being is super important. And especially if you go back to the tactical world or policing, being problem solvers is huge because you never know what you're gonna get. It's not like you go out saying, Okay, I'm getting a shooting today. I'm going out, I'm gonna get ambushed today. I'm gonna go out and some dude's gonna try to fight me and take my gun. Like, no, the day picks you you don't hate right. Exactly. Hit, right? You're going out, normal day at work, you're going to go out, maybe you're going to try to get some tickets. Maybe you're going to go out and just answer service calls. Maybe you're going to go out and do some community policing. Maybe you're going out on your training today. Maybe we're going to SWAT call. Maybe we have a detail, whatever it is. We don't choose what major events happen to us. Those pick us. Those will pick you. So like, You have to be able to solve those problems when they occur. And if you can't, if you can't think under stress, then your critical thinking skills go down. So like the way jujitsu relates to like self-defense policing and overall your real life, overall life is huge. It makes you problem solver, you know, like solve the problem. I always tell my kids, they are arguing, you guys figure (laughs) out how to solve it. Cause if I do, you're not going to like, you know, (laughs) solve the problem.
0: I just told my kids that yesterday. And I'm, exactly. I'm, not, I'm not kidding. I have, I have three, <laughs> Jay, and uh, th- they're 7-11 and 13, and I have two boys. They're on the ends, and my daughter's in the middle. So it's like all the time, constantly. I'm like, you guys figure it out, because if I do, you're not going to like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's constant.
1: And I think for me, traveling and teaching a lot, the good thing for me is is I'm not rolling with the same guys on a weekly basis. Yeah, I'm rolling with different yeah. dudes all the time.
0: You get to see a lot of good, right? uh, different stuff out there for sure, definitely.
1: And those guys don't know what I do. I don't know what they do. You know, if Chad and I train together on a weekly basis or we're in the same gym, we are going to know what each other's bread and butter is and what they're going to do. And now it's uh, the grappling is a little bit different because we know each other. We sure. know each other's game. When you start grappling with a variety of other people you don't know those things. Yeah. You, you don't know those things. So like you are right away going to have to be a problem solver. Why? Cause I'm going to try to implement my game, but I don't know what, what his uh, counters are or what game he's going to be trying to implement. You know, like my buddy Cameron, him and I've rolled together for years and years and years. I know exactly what he's going to do. And he knows what I'm going to do. So there's not a whole lot of problem solving there. We already know what to do is just, can we implement it in timing Sure. But when you roll, with, you don't roll with very often. It's, Okay, I got to solve this problem right away. And usually the best way for me is to implement my game and make him play my game. But if I can't, then I got to be able to solve that issue kind of (laughs) fast. Before before something bad happens. (laughs) Yeah. And if not, it's either going to be a long or a short round, one or the other.
2: Yeah. Those three minute rounds won't matter. It'll be like crap. One of my favorite things about jujitsu is we have an immediate answer for what we do, right? You know, right then and there, if, if what you did worked or not, and then we got to move on from there.
1: Yeah. And that's where pathways and routes and sequences and timing all come down. And that's why we have levels in jujitsu. You know, it's, and you have high-level guys, and they're going to be trying to counter each other. And then that's when it comes down to timing and setups. Everyone's technique is good at black belt. No one, no black belts have terrible technique. It's just what is their timing and their sequences and their pathways? Uh, sure. What's, what's yeah. that on? A guy that competes all the time is going to have better timing, better setups, and better sequences probably than a black belt that doesn't compete all the time. Sure. It's just... That's just how it works, you know? Um, And then you're going to have competitors. You're going to have elite, high-level competitors. And then you're going to have really elite, high-level coaches. And those coaches might not be elite competitors. And that's okay. Look at the NFL. Look at, like, Bill Belichick. You know, those guys aren't phenomenal MVP football players, right? They play football. But they are great at being able to pass along – and come up with game plans and coach things. So, just because a guy's a high level competitor doesn't mean he's a good coach. We've seen that nope. for years. Sure. And just exactly. because a guy's a good coach, just because a guy's a good coach, great coach, doesn't mean he could go out there and compete and, and right. do well. No.
0: Nope. And actually, I mean, history tells you that any sports fan that has followed any kind of real sport or anything, I say real sport, every sport's real, but there are all coaches that have played the game and were excellent and they're terrible coaches. And there are guys who yeah. are that played the game and they were, they were decent or maybe they only played on a collegiate level. And then they coached and people are like, these guys are amazing. And I'm like, it's because they know how yeah. to get the best out of who they're coaching. They know how to speak to them. They know how to give them the proper words, the proper techniques, the proper teaching to get the best out of them, to make them believe in themselves, which we lack that in a society constantly. It's like, oh yeah, you know, you can't, people always like, they want to blame or, you know, with social media now it's like, oh, I can be a troll or I can do this and this and this and this and da-da-da-da-da. Type, 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 type. And it's like, look, n- no one's doing you anything and trying to get the best out of you. You're making the worst out of yourself. And you know, like yep. you go back to the coaching, it's it's a prime example, Jay. Yeah, you're exactly a hundred percent right. I could suck at playing football and I could coach and be amazing. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, that's in and it's true, it's been proven.
1: I don't even know the answer to this off the top of my head, but I'm going to say that I'm fairly certain. If you took all 32 NFL pro football teams head coaches, there'd be less than five that were Pro Bowl caliber players oh, in the NFL.
0: And you're not, yeah, you're on. You're oh, exactly sure. on. I, yeah, for Especially sure. Especially
2: now. Yeah. Especially now. Yeah.
0: Especially now. It's more, and and even. So baseball is a little bit different because there's a nominally with baseball with minor leagues and the ability to play a long period of time in there and so on and so forth. I mean, you get guys that could get drafted super high and they may never come out of minor, but but that's just the way it works. I mean, baseball is different. Basketball, uh, honestly, I mean, there's some guys, oh, he was, he was a good player, but he wasn't a great coach. And most of the guys who are really good coaches now, they knew, the analytics and the, the fundamentals and they knew how to teach it and the techniques and they're really good coaches and they get the best
2: out of their players. And those, t- those teams are winning. <laughs> I don't know if you're, you you remember. Ahead, Chad. Yeah. Yeah. So you remember when, uh, magic John, when magic Johnson tried to coach for a minute, it was awful. It was awful.
0: He can't, he couldn't go. No,
2: yeah. L- Larry yeah. bird tried one of the to coach player. Yeah.
0: And, it, yeah. and it wasn't happening. It was like, and Larry bird's one of my favorite players of all time. And I was like, wow, this is a train wreck. Like, this, can't, this is mm-hmm. not good. Like, you just do GM. Do GM. You go buy players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You go buy players. You're good. No problem. You know? Oh.
1: It's crazy because guys find a way and get a niche of being able to deliver things to other people. Those are the guys that become good coaches. And most of the time, that is not the elite athletes of that sure. sport. They just don't yeah. have uh, the ability to deliver the information like those dudes sure. do to and that's yeah. good. I think that's good, you know. That's a it spreads the knowledge, it spreads the talent of different aspects of the game.
0: Sure. And it almost I cuts out look, an ego. It's kind of like cutting out an yeah. ego. And not I'm not trying to say those guys have egos. I mean, they do. And there are guys in in our community and I I when I say our community, our jujitsu community, and there are guys who have, I don't want to say they have egos, but they're very good teachers. They're, they're, they're great. And they've been great on com- the competition and, 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 but maybe they're not good coaches. You know what I mean? I'm sure that's got to transition at the same sure. time. That's gotta be, yeah. you know? So I always tell people, well, like, don't sell yourself short.
1: <laughs> we're finding that out more now that you got big companies, like say BJJ Fanatics and all these other video companies, and you buy these high-level, like, oh, this guy's an eight-time world champion. I'm going to buy this DVD. It's going to be great. And then you're like, I have no idea what he's doing.
0: Right. Or his <laughs> it's delivery like, of It's way above
1: It's <laughs> terrible, right? Like, maybe he can't come down to the level of the average person to teach that, you know? Because his IQ of it is so high right. functionally, he can't deliver it to the average person.
0: Sure. And yeah. we
1: see it all the time. All the time.
0: Yeah. That's a great way to point it to like the IQ of it, like coming down. It's not, it's nothing negative. It's like someone has a very high IQ, uh, high IQ on every level of anything they're doing. I don't care what job you're doing. Jay, you have a super high level IQ of being a tactical officer and stepping on the street every single day or whatever, but someone else doesn't have that. And you can teach that to them because you don't have an ego you know what I mean? Like any more versus some other people that are in, in sports that so to speak, they've never had the ego ripped from them or right. a high competitor. That's never had the ego ripped from them. So they can't do it. They they're like, teach it here and go, why don't you understand it? Why can't you get it? It's like, yo man, I you're way beyond me.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> even in like my field, my field, there are people that uh, have egos that are instructors. And um, you know, if you go into a DT school, and this is just my personal opinion. I try to like relate to my guys and treat them with respect and make them work super hard, but I'm not out there to beat them down. Like I'm not beating those dudes down. I mean, I'm gonna push them to their limit.
0: sure, right? But I'm not.
1: Gonna, I'm not gonna beat them up. I don't want to hurt them. I don't want to be like, "Hey, I'm awesome." No, that's not what it is. You know, there there could easily be someone that I come across in training that could beat my ass at some point. You know. Fortunately, right now on the like DT combative side, like that doesn't happen very often. But that doesn't mean I treat everybody like I'm better than they are. Right. Uh, when I went, when I had Matt Secor in my course this last two weeks here in Utica a couple of weeks ago, that was the first time, dude, where like I just completely got manhandled during lunchtime rolls, like lunchtime yeah. jujitsu, the first time in a police officer setting. Uh, even with other black belts where I just completely got manhandled and it was in a good way and it was in a respectful way. And we, we talked a lot, like at lunch, I got to be a student a little bit instead of teaching all through the tactics and then teaching like rolling and then teaching lunch. Um, you know, and then guys will ask me stuff at lunch. Well, now everyone wants to kind of ask Matt stuff because they're seeing how high level he is. Okay, so it's like I always try to be a student no matter what. Absolutely. And and I got to be a student. It was great. And then uh, Matt was saying, like, listen, I'm learning from you and you're learning from me. And that's what it's about. We all need to be evolving to be the best person that we can be. I'm not going to be just like you. You're not going to be just like me. And I'm not going to be just like Chad. Chad's not going to be just like me. Sure. We, we all have our own styles. I don't have to be better than you two. You know what I have to do? I have to be better than me today, tomorrow. I yep. have to be a better version of me tomorrow than I am today. I don't have to be the exact version of you or try to be better than you. No, I got to be better than myself. Right. I got to work to evolve to be a better person myself, uh, better jujitsu practitioner, better tactics guy. If you worked every day to be better yourself, man, can you imagine a society, if in society did that? Yeah, right.
0: We're actually going to make limitless Radio Cast t shirts that say be better than yourself because, (laughs) yeah, it's
1: perfect.
0: Chad and I have talked about it so many times, and we go, there's so many people that wake up and they want to be better than somebody else. And I'm like, you better be better than yourself first before you're trying to be better than somebody else. Because if you fail at being better than yourself, you're done. There is no being better than anybody else. I know. You know it's unbelievable.
1: I, I think we have to like, um, we like, push ourselves to be better than ourselves. You know, be better the best person we can be, not compare us to other people. Like I think with social media and all these things, like people <sighs> are always trying to compare themselves to other people. Like, Oh, and then yeah. I see failure there, right? Like For sure. you could see failure there. Or even if you push yourself to be better than that person, are you still the best version of you? You can be
0: sure.
1: Right. right. Like, yeah. 100%. The biggest battle is being the best person you can be, not being better than somebody else or comparing yourself to somebody else. Right. You right. know, I didn't think like jujitsu helps you with that. I'm oh, never like, yeah. I want to be better than this guy. No, I, I want to beat that dude. I don't want to be better than him. I want to be better than myself.
2: Right. Exactly. You know? if I can
1: beat him. If I can beat him. Great. But like completely different. <laughs> Different battle, you know. Yeah, different mindset. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: and that takes and that's yeah. that takes the time. Yeah, so you're competing, yeah, man. It's,
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a cool thing, like because we are like gee or no gee, and then she has like, well, let's do both, and so like doing a nice. super fight same guy twice in one day, but one gee and one no gee is kind of kind of cool.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be great.
1: I don't know if that's ever happened anywhere. I don't think I've ever seen that. I've tried to spend Google again, like I, in the last week.
2: Yeah, it might be a first. Maybe we set a, set a precedent.
0: We'll set a precedent for people <laughs> to actually do it because every tournament we ever see anymore, whether you know fight to win, everything's no-gi anymore on a high level. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I, now I'm falling in this category with Chad that I love the gi. Because I train in the gi a lot. I only train no gi once in a while. So it'd be cool to, yeah, see that all the time. Like, hey, you I won have a love one. With both. <laughs> right. That's awesome. It'll be great. I'm going to keep score. I
1: have
0: a love. <laughs> I'm keeping score. I relationship my <laughs> with
1: gi and no gi. And I would say it's probably about every six months I go back and forth about which one I like better. Nice.
0: <laughs> nice. I was going to ask you. We, we always ask that question, right, Chad?
1: Yeah. Yeah, which one do you like better?
2: Which one do you like better?
1: It depends on what time of the year for me. So like it doesn't always rotate in the same thing. Like I'll get on a nogi kick and be like, all right, dude, I'm trying nogi way more than I'm trying ghee this month. Why? Just because I don't know. i am sound a nogi kick. Right. Then I'll be like, Oh man, I want to get creative. When I want to get creative, I want the gi on because you can be so creative with that thing. Yeah. You know, you can, yeah. you, can you can you can really be creative with the gi, you know. So like for me, I started out no gi for years. Then I started putting the gi on and I hated it. Then I became in love with it and trained way more <laughs> gi and competed way more gi than I did no gi. And actually I was competing a lot in the gi until I started to do fight to win. And then stuff. you know, had me do no gi. Then he gave me another no gi match. and he finally gave me a gi match. And I just did a short notice one in November and, and gi- no gi, you know, and I think most people think like, "Oh, Jay's a no gi guy," but like realistically, like I would not say that's true. I I love the gi as much, if not more, than no gi, and vice versa, depending on what my mood is for that
2: <laughs> right sure. quarter
1: or, or part of the year.
0: I mean, I, honestly I speaking, can- like looking at you, it's you're both. You're you're whatever the situation calls for, because you train right. them both a lot. I mean, there are guys they only train in no gi. There are guys that only train a gi and they don't, but you're you're a combination of both. Um, Chad's a combination of both. Uh Pete at our other black belt that's at East Coast, he's a combination of both. Like, and that's what I'm learning, uh, being in it. But it, it is interesting because if someone would ask you, it's like, oh, he's a no-gi guy. Jay Wadsworth's a no-gi guy. No, he's not. He's both. He's a guy that right. will show up and basically compete against you. Hey, put a gi on, man. Okay, cool. L- give me 10 minutes. Let me go get ready. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, no, it doesn't matter.
1: And I always carry both with me, no matter where I go. So there I you go. See? In my truck, spare nogi set my truck. There you like, go, man. Because you never know what people want to train or, like, you know, when we go for DT, we have two weeks of school. We train every other day. Every other day is gear nogi. We rotate them. Nice. And I, I think it's a benefit. And people like, well, yeah, but like in street fights and stuff, like, nogi is more applicable and not necessarily.
2: Not where I, we live. I'll tell
1: you. <laughs> sure. Not where we live. We live right. in Northeast Ohio. You, love, you live in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> simple, super simple, super simple Gee grips on pant legs is an amazing form of control. Yeah. It's an amazing form to not get kicks, not be, they can't move their legs. You get gi grips on both pant legs and pin those feet to the ground. Pin them to the Where'd ground. They go, where's that dude going? Nah, He's not going nowhere.
2: anywhere. Not happening. No, I always, <laughs> you know, when I, when we when we get into that debate on which one's more applicable, right? And people are like, "No gi." I'm like, "Where are you fighting somebody in a rash guard and Valley Tudo shorts? Right. You're hanging, you're hanging out somewhere weird, or you're in Brazil. I don't know where where you're at, but yeah, right. and obviously they're both good. Especially, I'm kind of making light of it, but um I, I think it's more applicable to have a gi, especially where we live.
1: True. Yeah, Northeast, most yeah. Or um, least. A, at least half of the year, if not three fourths of the year. Yeah. We're in long pants and at least probably a long shirt. So a hoodie. Sure a hoodie. Well, yeah.
0: Hoodie. Yeah. Just Absolutely. like you said I know, earlier, Jay. I mean, we're just now getting warm weather, man. Like weeks ago, it was snowed. really, it snowed. and it snowed. We got, like, it was Mother's 81 day. day, day weekend, right. Right. And then it snowed two, three inches the very next day. And I was like, yeah, I live in Northeast Ohio, baby. <laughs> 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 so, that's all good. <laughs> It's
1: all um, yeah, so all can't wait It's going to be a good time I, I'm, I'm excited uh, I've never grappled Mark mm-hmm. um, We've talked about You know Getting matches before Because uh, we both have grappled Like a majority of the black belts In the region Right uh, So like You know It's kind of hard to grapple uh, it, It'll be better now That more people are Starting to get the rank of black belts There'll be more options But like right you know, it was weird because like last year we were both going to try to get a match in uh, one of the Pittsburgh tournaments. And then, mm-hmm. uh, that fell through. And then we we're both maybe going to get on the Philly card against each other. And then that fell through and I ended up going against <laughs> point walk. And then, and then you reached out and I'm like, I don't know. I've been trying to get a super fight with Mark. Cause he's a super good guy. They got his gyms. Great. Yeah. You know? And so I threw that out and he was like, Oh, I talked to Mark. And it's like, i like, you're doing gi and no gi. I was like, all right. It's like both. the best of both worlds for me. What? I not? love doing both. Yeah. Well, It'll
2: be fun. Be I cool. hope it's a, uh, yeah. So, so it's a uh, two super fights at the police and ho- the Ohio police and fire games, June 12th. Um, I got to check registration. The registration doesn't go through us. The Ohio police and fire games committee handles all that. But yeah, um, last we looked, I think we only had like 10 people signed up. So um, got to get
0: the word out there.
2: Yeah, we do. And I think as hard as it is to get police officers to train jujitsu, it's even that much harder to get them to compete in jujitsu too. So.
1: But this is a perfect platform for them to try to compete because it's just against other cops.
2: Absolutely. It is. It is. Yeah.
1: And I'm going to try to bring a couple guys out. I know Chris Shimmick, who I think won it last or in 2019 is coming with me. So he'll be there. We're trying to get a couple of our other guys to come out that are a little bit, uh, less experienced okay um, yeah. it's crazy because chris is a white belt because you won't put a gi on
2: i remember him he's the one he was wrestler right yeah
1: yeah, yeah. he was but he's, he's done no pretty, gi for years.
2: yeah 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 he was a pretty physical specimen if i remember <laughs> yeah
1: he's one of my best training partners in
0: yeah no gi. Sure. yeah his he lactic acid isn't on. catching up to him at all that's that's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah,
1: he's just in great shape. He's one of our SWAT operators. Awesome. That's he coaches cool. the community college wrestling team. You know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's awesome. I can't yeah. wait. Can't, can't wait. Can't wait. I can't yep. wait and to then meet then the you. The next
2: day, June thirteenth, Jay is doing a seminar.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Shout that. Yeah. Make sure we got all that information too. Yeah. So go ahead, Chad.
2: Yeah. So Jay's doing an LEO Jay's doing an LEO only seminar June thirteenth at East Coast from nine AM to noon. It's fifty bucks. All police departments are welcome, SWAT, all that. So um he was in a couple of years ago and I stuck around and kind of watched. It was awesome. Everybody loved it. Um so it be I know it'll be a good time.
1: Good. Yeah, I can't awesome. wait. Everyone that was there is good. I I I've stayed in touch with a bunch of those guys and you know, so yeah. can't wait. Super excited, super excited, Good. guys! Awesome, Can't wait to meet guys. Yeah, and, uh, yeah.
2: looking and I forward to it. So, a uh, real quick story before we go: well, the first time I met Jay, we were standing on the mats, and he looked over, and there's those pictures by the pop machine of Mister Hyman, of Steve Hyman, and oh. Jay's like, I-, "I know that guy." I'm like, "How do you know him?" But the <laughs> NWFS days when you were fighting MMA, he was oh, a big, wow. he was a big part of that. So, wow, awesome dude, is old
1: school. Yeah. the majority of my fights were in the NAFS.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They, man, there were some awesome fights back then.
1: One year I fought like six times for the NAS. They'd call me in like five days. Hey, someone saw me fight Like 2009, I think I had like six or seven NAS fights. I don't think I had one fight scheduled. They were all in like a week. No. <laughs> that's awesome.
0: That was before four kids and, and everything else. <laughs>
1: you were like, yeah.
0: sure, no problem. <laughs> yeah.
1: that's That's how it was. I was like, all right, let's do it. I'll go.
0: Right awesome man. I was that's having cool. fun,
1: you know it, for yeah. me it was just fun and a hobby and so i'd just go and you know i had good success uh with the nafs i had, I had a lot of fun with them so, yeah
2: awesome. it was a good organization it was it was fun times i went to a lot of fights i'm sure we pat cross paths and didn't even know it
1: yeah like <laughs> my awesome. first fight my first fight i was on the same card as and myosic you know yeah wow, fight. wow
2: so
0: that's awesome,
1: his first flight was the same night as my first fight. That's
0: how old we are. Well, yeah, well, you know, hey, that's all right. Fine wine, so, my friend. Fine wine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Jay, anyone you want to shout out? Any? Uh, give us your social media so everyone can follow you. I'll put that all in the show notes so everyone can uh, check out what you're doing, the videos that you're posting, anything you got.
1: So... Uh, Wad's BJJ is my Instagram. I use that probably the most. FaceTime is just my name. YouTube is just my name. I have a couple different, uh, folders in there. Combatives, you just do some stuff in there. And then, uh, you know, I have some videos on, uh, BJJ fanatics and, uh, on social media. And I, I do tons of training courses, you nice. know, uh, especially awesome. combative. That's kind of like my, my lane. And I've really taken and started studying and making it a work study of combatives in the clinch distance with weapons on. Uh, it's kind of like what I've really been focusing on uh, the last couple of years. If anyone wants to have training in that, shoot me a DM and uh, we can talk. Nice. Cool.
0: Awesome. All right, brother. Thank you so much, Jay. Appreciate your time. Can't wait to meet you when you come into town to hear to. The- can't ohio Stark county uh both seminar and competing can't wait to see you compete
1: i'm not getting any younger
0: (laughs) um in the uh police and fire games in ohio it'll be awesome dude and appreciate you thanks for coming on and talking to us and just having a good time man appreciate it very much all right brother you have a good night all right right, guys we'll see you see you brother
1: all right you guys too Later. later
0: Hey, everybody. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Remember, come back each and every week for great guests. Remember to go out there and follow us on social media. Give us a like, give us a share, shout us out, anything you can do to help us. We appreciate all you and we thank you for all that you do for us. Take care until next week.